Hello, it's Christmas Eve morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I'm so excited that it's Christmas Eve. We're going to have a fantastic podcast today. I am dedicating today to Karen Lynn. I sponsored her many years ago in an RCIA program as she converted to Catholicism. We are still good friends to this day. So you know God doesn't make any mistakes. And what a beautiful Christian soul she is. Can't wait to see you soon, Karen Lynn. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Listeners, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from from evil. Amen. Listeners, stay right there. We are going to school today. When I come back, we are going to reveal 10 Bible verses that prophesy Jesus Christ's birth. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. Hi, listeners. I found this fascinating. So there are 10 Bible verses that prophesy Jesus Christ's birth. The Bible tells us that long before the world began, God had a plan to bring redemption through Christ to all those who would choose to believe and follow him. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And this con- contribution came from Debbie McDaniel. Okay, God knew that we would need a savior. He knew we would need to be set free and he made a way by sending his one and only son so that we could receive forgiveness and find new life and hope through him. Throughout the scriptures and weaved through verse after verse in the Old Testament are prophecies that speak of the Christ who has come. Bible scholars have concluded from much research that hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, more than 300 prophecies were recorded to tell of his coming, his life, and his journey to the cross and the power of his resurrection. These prophecies point to the exact location circumstances, and even timing of Jesus Christ's birth. God alone is the only one who could plan those specific details and ensure that they all come to pass. Jesus is the fulfillment of scripture. He is the word. He is the light. 
He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And the whole message of Christmas is wrapped up in Him, God's greatest gift, who came as a tiny baby with one powerful purpose, to save a lost world. Get ready, listeners. Here are 10 specific prophecies of the birth of Jesus Christ. Number one, Christ would be filled with power, peace, and the spirit from birth. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6. Okay, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Isaiah 61, verse 1. Oops, <laughs> verse 1. Hold on, I'm trying to get there. Oh. Christ himself fulfilled these scriptures. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. And that's Luke 4, verse 18. The second prophecy was that Christ would be born of a virgin. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That's Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Mary received this same prophecy when the angel Gabriel visited her, and we see this fulfilled clearly through scripture. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. The third prophecy, Christ would be born in Bethlehem. The Lord says, Bethlehem, you might not be an important town in the nation of Judah, but out of you will come a ruler over Israel for me. His family line goes back to the early years of your nation. It goes all the way back to the days of long ago. And that's from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Christ was born in Bethlehem just as the prophecy foretold. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to, came to Jerusalem. Amen. The fourth prophecy is that Christ would be called to escape to Egypt. When Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt, I called him my son. 
God sends an angel to awaken Joseph in the night and warn him of Herod's plan. An angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to kill and search for him. Wow. And that's Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. The fifth prophecy. A star would point to the way towards Christ. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come from forth from Jacob, and a scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall crush through the forehead of Moab, and tear down all the sons of Sheth. That's Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. God places the star in the sky to lead the Magi to Christ, that they might worship him. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. The sixth prophecy, that there would be a presentation of gifts to him. May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. Psalm 72, verse 10. The Magi who visited Jesus brought him gifts and bowed to worship him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew chapter 2. The seventh prophecy, that he would be worshipped by shepherds. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. Psalm 72 verse 9. The angels came to the shepherds to tell them the good news of Christ's birth, and they hurried to find him and worship him. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Luke chapter 2. Prophecy number 8. There would be a great sorrow surrounding the time of his birth and many children would be killed. A voice is heard in Ramah mourning and mourning and great weeping. 
Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because her children are no more. Herod's cruel scheme to kill Jesus didn't work, so he maliciously ordered that all baby boys living near Bethlehem, two years old and younger, be put to death. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Matthew chapter 2. A ninth prophecy. The timing of Christ's birth and life would come before the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. Now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. After this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. The end will come with a flood and war, and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. Since Herod is known to have died in 4 BC, it is presumed that Jesus was born before then, between 6 and 4 AD, and that his death may have occurred somewhere between 29 and 33 AD. Before his death on the cross, Jesus had also told of the coming destruction of Jerusalem, thus confirming the prophecy of Daniel. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that he might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Do you see all these things, he replied? Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one of them will be toppled. Matthew 24, verse 2. And the 10th prophecy. Oh, no. Just a second. <laughs> and the 10th prophecy is that the entire lineage would be confirmed through scripture. Jesus was from the line of Abraham. That's in Genesis. Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Jesse, and David. We see the entire fulfillment of Christ's line of genealogy through Matthew 1 and Luke 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. 
He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, Luke 1. So there you have it. (laughs) There were 10 prophecies announcing the birth of Christ Jesus. Stay with us. It was interesting, that's for sure. Be right back. joy to the world. And these are readings for Advent. John chapter 20, verse 30 says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Many of us have grown up in the church and can recite the great doctrines of our faith in our sleep and even yawn through the Apostles' Creed. Something must be done to help us once more feel the awe, the fear, the astonishment, the wonder of the Son of God begotten by the Father from all eternity, reflecting all the glory to God being the very image of his person through whom all things were created, upholding the universe by the word of his power. You can read every fairy tale listener, every mystery thriller, every ghost story that was ever written, and you will never find anything so shocking, so strange, so weird, so spellbounding, as the story of the incarnation of the Son of God. How callous and unfeeling to his glory and his story. How often have we had to repent and say, God, I am sorry that the stories men have made up stir my emotions, my awe and wonder and admiration and joy more than your own true story. How easily we dismiss the real living contact between the eternal God of the universe. When Jesus said, for this purpose I have come into the world, he said something as crazy and weird and strange and eerie as any statement in science fiction that you've ever read. Oh, how I pray for a breaking forth of the Spirit of God to come upon me and to come upon you. I pray for the Holy Spirit to break into my experience in a frightening way, to wake me up to the unimaginable reality of God. One of these days, listeners, lightning is going to fill the sky from the rising of the sun to its setting. And there is going to appear in the clouds one like the Son of Man with his mighty angels in flaming fire. And we will see him clearly. Whether from terror or sheer excitement, we will tremble. We will wonder how we ever lived so long with such domesticated, harmless Christ. These things are written 
that you might believe, I mean really believe, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came into the world. You gotta believe it. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. To exalt God is to exalt in what you see and know of God in the portrait of Jesus Christ. And this comes to its fullest experience when the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Not only did God purchase our reconciliation through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and not only did God enable us to receive that reconciliation through the Lord Jesus Christ, but even now we exalt in God himself through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus purchased our reconciliation. He enabled us to receive the reconciliation to open the gift from God. And Jesus himself shines forth from the wrapping, the indescribable gift as God in the flesh, and he stirs up our exaltation. Look to Jesus this Christmas. Receive the reconciliation that he bought. Don't put it on the shelf unopened and don't open it and then make it a means to all your other pleasures. When you open it, enjoy the gift of himself. Exalt in him. Make him your pleasure. Make him your treasure. Amen. Loving it, loving it. First John chapter 3. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason of the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus appeared in the world for two reasons. He came that we might not go on sinning, and he came to die so that there would be a propitiation of substitutionary sacrifice that takes away the wrath of God when we do sin. You gotta sing joy to the world. You gotta sing joy to the world. The mission of Desiring God is that people everywhere would understand and embrace the truth that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Our primary strategy 
for accomplishing this mission is through a maximally useful Bible. It's available free of charge, listeners. And if you would like to further explore the vision of Desiring God, we invite you to visit the Bible. Amen. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Told you we were going to school today. It's Christmas Eve, listeners. It's Christmas Eve. Jesus is the reason for the season. So please take all of today to focus on the glory of this memorable day where Joseph and Mary traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem where the baby Jesus was indeed born. And for those people living in that time, their world had just begun to be blessed. Amen. Tomorrow is Jesus' birthday. Start celebrating today. Make your acts of kindness really meaningful today. Go out of your way to touch your neighbor, to chat with them, to share with them, to wish them well in their travels, to wish them well in their invites, to wish them well in their health. Okay, bye for now. Ooh la la, tomorrow is Christmas.